RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. President Xi Jinping arrives in Hong Kong to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the establishment of the SAR. Hong Kong reports more than 2,000 COVID cases for the second day on the trot and the observatory issues the strong wind signal number three. President Xi Jinping has arrived in Hong Kong to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the establishment of the SAR. In a speech shortly after arriving by train this afternoon, the president said the city faces a bright future after overcoming a number of challenges. In the past few years, Hong Kong has withstood many severe tests and conquered a number of risks and challenges. Having gone through hardships, Hong Kong sets sail again. President Xi also said Hong Kong must stick to the successful one country, two systems model, which would ensure an even brighter future. One country, two system is a sound policy. We are looking forward to the bright future. As long as we stay committed to the policy of one country, two systems, Hong Kong will embrace a brighter future. Hong Kong will make greater contribution to the rejuvenation of Chinese nation. In a meeting with the chief executive, President Xi said the central authorities fully acknowledged her work during her five-year tenure. Aaron Tam reports. The president met with Carrie Lam as well as members of her government, the legislature and the judiciary at the convention and exhibition center soon after arriving in Hong Kong. According to Xinhua News Agency, President Xi said the central authorities fully acknowledged Mrs. Lam's work during her five-year tenure. Mr. Xi also hopes that Mrs. Lam will support the incoming CE, John Lee, and the new government in governing Hong Kong in accordance with the law and continue to contribute to the SAR and the country's development. The chief executive, for her part, thanked the president for coming to the SAR to attend events marking the 25th anniversary of Hong Kong's return to the motherland amid the COVID-19 outbreak here, which showed his sincere concern for Hong Kong compatriots. President Xi also visited the Science Park to inspect the city's innovation and technology development, while the First Lady Peng Li Yuan visited the Xi Chi Center of the West Kowloon Cultural District, where she watched rehearsals and chatted with young actors, members of a performance troupe, and volunteers. Meanwhile, the government has announced that the next chief executive, John Lee, and senior government officials will attend a flag-raising ceremony tomorrow to celebrate the SAR's 25th anniversary. The flag-raising will be held at Golden Bauhinia Square in Wan Chai at 8am. After that, the inaugural ceremony for the six-term government will be held at the Convention and Exhibition Centre. Golden Bauhinia Square and the nearby area will be designated a restricted zone by the police. Hong Kong has reported 2,196 local COVID infections. Dr Albert Au from the Centre for Health Protection said there'd been a rise in the number of infections involving Omicron subvariants BA.4 and BA.5 with unknown sources. He also said there'd been community transmission of the subvariants. There were 162 imported cases. 
Two more patients with COVID have died. The observatory has issued the strong wind signal number three as tropical storm Chaba moves closer to Hong Kong. His senior scientific officer, Cheng Ping. Winds will be strong with squally showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Showers will be heavy at times. Strong wind we will maintain on Saturday at first. Please note that showers will be heavy at times over the weekend and the weather is expected to remain unsettled early to midweek next week. As there will be swells, members of the public advised to stay away from the shoreline and not to engage in water sports. To the forecast for tonight and tomorrow, cloudy with squally showers and thunderstorms. Showers will be heavy at times tomorrow. Temperatures in the region of 26 to 29 degrees with fresh easterly winds strengthening gradually. The outlook, squally showers over the weekend and they will be heavy at times. Currently 27 degrees, humidity 90%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. Secretary for Security Chris Tang says his bureau will continue to take steps to deepen the people's understanding of the national security law. Altis Wong has more. In a blog post marking the second anniversary of the law's implementation, the security chief says his bureau would host public events such as a virtual exhibition and school contests together with the Education Bureau. Chris Tang added that authorities have also ordered copies of an illustrated book on national security to be distributed to schools and youth uniformed groups. Mr Tang says under the national security law, the SAR has progressed from chaos to order and now from order to prosperity. He stressed that under the One Country, Two Systems principle and with the full support of the central government, Hong Kong would further integrate into the National Development Plan and would see more opportunities to come. The outgoing head of RTHK, Patrick Lee, has urged the public broadcaster to continue upholding its charter and demonstrate how a media outlet can do a good job in telling the China and Hong Kong stories well. Violet Wong reports. In a letter to colleagues on his last day as the director of broadcasting, Patrick Lee said RTHK had faced numerous challenges when he first took the post in March last year. The staff banded together to overcome these difficulties and put the station back on the right track by adhering to its charter and its mission as a public broadcaster. Mr Lee, who's set to become the new permanent secretary for security, also noted that the station has broadcast a variety of programming on different platforms to enhance the people's understanding of the nation and of the one country, two systems principle. He said these programs were very well received. Mr Lee also said viewers and listeners will be able to gain an even greater understanding of the country's latest developments and its culture by tuning in to two channels of the China Media Group from July the 1st. RTHK will be relaying CGTN documentary on its new TV34 channel, while Radio The Greater Bay will be broadcast on FM 102.8. Mr Lee added that he's proud of the broadcaster's efforts in quickly transforming his TV32 channel into an anti-epidemic channel during the fifth wave of the COVID outbreak here, providing updated and accurate information to the public. He said the RTHK team is a very professional and outstanding team and hopes colleagues can continue to move forward and accomplish its mission as a public service broadcaster by actively upholding the charter to demonstrate how mainstream media can tell the China story and tell the Hong Kong story well through its actions and by upholding its responsibilities. 
Turning overseas more than 30 years after his father was driven from power in the Philippines by a popular uprising, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., known as Bong Bong, has been sworn in as president. He won last month's election by a landslide. James R. Sadiaz, who's an associate professor of history at the University of San Francisco, outlines some of the challenges President Marcos will face in the years ahead. The Philippines is going through a lot right now, and I think, like much of the world, one concern among a lot of Filipinos that's hitting them hard is gasoline, petrol prices, the pandemic that's still raging, that has affected a lot of Filipinos that's related to the economy as well. You know, the Philippines has widespread poverty in in rural and urban zones. One of the things that kept the Philippines afloat for many years and, and uh, maintains a uh, big part of the economy is tourism. And with the pandemic still raging, although things have calmed down a bit, it has still impacted a lot of Filipino workers across the islands. Japan is enduring a heat wave which has seen the highest June temperatures since records began nearly a century and a half ago. They've topped 40 degrees Celsius in some areas and are not expected to drop until the beginning of next week. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes is in Japan. This should be the middle of the rainy season, but there is no rain anywhere in Japan right now. And the heat is just causing huge problems, not least for Japan's electricity generating system. Surprisingly, perhaps, Japan does not have enough generating capacity to keep everybody cool. This heat wave is expected to go on for a few more days at least, but this is just the beginning of summer. There are at least two more months with possibly more heat waves to come. Official data shows Sri Lanka's inflation has hit a record high for the ninth consecutive month as the country faced soaring costs of essential items. More details from the BBC's Anbarasan Etirajan. The Census and Statistics Department said food inflation had increased to more than 80% year on year. Despite a sharp increase in prices, many basic commodities are in short supply. The country is going through a crippling fuel shortage, and as a result, tens of thousands of people, particularly auto rickshaw drivers, are struggling to make a living. The government is facing a severe foreign currency crisis and finding it difficult to import enough food, fuel and medicine. Officials in northeast India say a massive landslide triggered by torrential rain has killed at least seven people. It's understood a section of a hill collapsed near a camp for construction workers and security personnel building a railway line in the state of Manipur. Rescuers battled stormy weather to pull out 19 survivors from the rubble. The Australian Foreign Minister Penny Wong has championed her country's diversity on a visit to the city of her birth in Malaysia. Ms Wong was born in Kota Kinabalu to a Malaysian father and an Australian mother before moving to Adelaide at the age of eight. On this return, she made it clear that many Australians have similar backgrounds. So many Australians are born overseas or whose parents are born overseas have connections with Southeast Asia and other countries around the world. We are a multicultural and diverse nation and I hope in part my story can contribute to reminding people in this region and throughout the world that Australia is a modern, diverse, multicultural society. Russia says it's withdrawing its forces from a Black Sea island which it captured at the start of the war with Ukraine after a massive Ukrainian bombardment. Moscow said the withdrawal from Snake Island was a goodwill gesture to show it was not hindering United Nations efforts to transport farm products from Ukraine. But the Ukrainian government says Russian troops evacuated the island in haste during an attack with missiles and artillery. 
The Deputy Emergency Coordinator of the World Food Programme in Ukraine, Kate Newton, told a news briefing in Kyiv it was crucial to gain access to the Black Sea. Opening of the Black Sea ports is the most important avenue to get Ukraine back to where it needs to be. And without the Black Sea ports, we cannot get anywhere close to the kind of export levels that Ukraine urgently needs. However, we're doing everything we can, which means by road, by rail, and now by river, to try to get close to the maximum output. President Biden says Russia is paying a very heavy price for attacking Ukraine and will not be able to defeat it. Speaking at the end of the NATO summit in Madrid, he said the alliance was more united since the Russian assault and will become stronger after agreeing to let Sweden and Finland join. Mr Biden said he'd be announcing a further 800 million US dollars worth of military aid for Kyiv on top of what the US has already supplied. We provided Ukraine with nearly $7 billion in security assistance since I took office. The next few days, we intend to announce more than $800 million more, including new advanced Western air defense systems for Ukraine, more artillery and ammunition, counter-battery radars, additional ammunition for the HIMARS multiple launch rocket systems we've already given Ukraine, and more HIMARS coming from other countries as well. Police in New York say they're searching for the suspect in the killing of a 20-year-old woman who was shot in the head at close range while walking with her baby in a pram. The murder yesterday night happened less than a week after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a New York state law restricting who can obtain a license to carry a gun in public. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, said it was more evidence of the overproliferation of guns on America's streets. When a mother's pushing a baby carriage down the block and is shot in point uh, blank range. It shows just how uh, this national problem is impacting families. The oversaturation of guns and dangerous people. French police say they've made a series of arrests in connection with the sinking of a migrant boat in the channel between Britain and France last year, in which at least 27 people died. Reporting from Paris, here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. 13 men and two women were picked up at the start of the week at various locations in Paris, northern and eastern France. Five have since been released without charge, but the others are likely to be placed under formal investigation on charges of involuntary manslaughter and people trafficking. It's reported by French media that the smuggling network was providing passage for Afghans fleeing the Taliban takeover there. But in fact, most of those who died in the November crossing were of other nationalities, mainly Kurds. And a reminder of our top stories tonight, President Xi Jinping arrives in Hong Kong to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the establishment of the SAR. And the observatory issues the strong wind signal number three. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Popular on the TV here in Hong Kong, and the music, of course, was also very popular. Alan Tam, Kenny B, Bennett Pang, Danny Yip, and uh, Anthony Chan on drums. The winner's theme, of course. Going on to formulate Canto Still going strong last time I heard. I heard them play last year. The winners together it was great. Into our second hour on our marvellous musical magical mystery tour with me, Peter King. Up tempo music all the way through to midnight. 